Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mary B. Welcome to the The Happiest Happiest Girls Podcast. Episodes will drop every Monday morning, and each week we'll be tackling a new topic, chatting about motherhood, singlehood, health, wellness, and everything in between. Tune in each week as we discuss what it means to be the happiest girl. Hey, Mary B. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Happy to be back. Oh, yes. We love having you back on the pod. Missed you last week. We were quite unhinged without you there, but <laughs> I had fun personally. I know. You guys were really funny. We need to, a lot of requests to bring Elena back, so Elena, if you're listening, come visit us in New York. We miss you. <laughs> you are so funny. Honestly, SNL, get in here. Pick her up. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. And if you were lying. This is what I would say if I was lying. <laughs> I actually am doing well. I had a great week. Finally signed a lease on a new apartment, which I'm so excited for. The rental market in New York is insane. It's literally the Hunger Games. It is the Hunger Games. My roommate and I have been working for months and months to try to get the best apartment possible, and we finally got one down. So we're so excited, and we love it. It's got everything we want. Yes, I'm excited too, because it's closer to me. So obviously, selfishly... I like that my babysitter will be closer. Yes, uh, very close to Kate. So excited. Yes. This weekend, I did also have a lot of fun. I mean, it's been raining in New York, so there wasn't much to do except just hang out inside with my friends. And that's just what I did yesterday for about 12 hours. Yeah, because we went to Houston Hall, which is a just fun beer hall. um, And we were there for hours. Um, And then we went to Blind Tiger and... Did have quite a day with my friends, which was really fun. And on Friday night, went to Blind Barber, uh, which is a really cool, like, speakeasy bar. And then we went to a charity event, Fine Time, and it was great. So, yes, look at you. And her philanthropy era. Yes, definitely in my philanthropy era. I listened to this podcast earlier this week that confirmed scientifically you actually gain more joy from buying things for people and giving your money away than giving it for yourself and then suddenly I found myself on a charity ball ticket buying kick so here we are I completely agree with that I think it's always better to give than to receive yeah it always feels better it's just a fact too it's a fact of science yeah love that how was your weekend it was great Friday I worked a shift which was really nice then I had music class in the park which was fun even though it was kind of a rainy day which has been all weekend then I went to DC and I had such a fiasco I was raving about the train on the way there and it was great we come back I get on an earlier train so I was like oh my gosh this is so great I'm done early I can get home to see dictator before she goes to bed and so I get on a 251 train that was supposed to get me in at 601 We are stopped somewhere in Wilmington, like before the Wilmington train stop, if you guys have ever taken the Amtrak from D.C. to New York. And we were sitting on a live track, so you couldn't get out for mm, close to five hours. Oh, my God. And so everybody, the camaraderie was great. You would think that people would get annoyed. Like, you you can't even get off the train. Like, there were kids on this train, and everyone was just very chill we just kind of hung out and dealt with it and then we finally got to new york around 11 15 so that was a long travel day but every time i have situations like that i'm like thank god i don't have a baby with me because there were people with 
babies and young kids. And I just have so much empathy for those people because I know how stressful it is when things don't go as planned and you don't know if you have enough food or formula or diapers and because you expected it to be a two and a half hour trip that turned into a 10 hour trip. Like you don't have all the supplies you need. (laughs) Yeah and and you're on a live track like you we literally could not get off so it's not like you could just get out and grab an Uber. You we were trapped but overall it's fine. I was sitting next to a really great girl and that's always a plus when you're not next to some weirdo. But yeah, overall, now we're here. Sunday, it's pouring down rain. So Still, it's been raining in New York for like 36 hours. Yeah, if we were in Kansas, I'd be like, oh, I'm sure the farmers are so happy. Right, but yeah, I don't think there are any far- farmers in New York, in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get down to it. Let's yeah. talk about our topic today. A lot of great questions, comments, concerns about drinking culture, which is such a huge part of our world, especially in your 20s and in college and in work and in major cities. So a lot of good write-ins about it. But Mary what is your relationship like with alcohol and what do you think about this topic? Yes, hello. I will definitely ask you the same question but this topic is very much important to me because I think in the last year I've really gone through a renaissance with my relationship with alcohol which first and foremost I think in general it's important to reflect on any relationship that you have with any sort of drug um, which I had never truly done until I was like 23 24 because it was such a normal part of my college and post-grad and into COVID. Just the culture was, we really revolved a lot of our activities around drinking, especially in Chicago. It was very much like the weather would be not good in wintertime. And so we would just go to a bar and kind of like I did yesterday. But what really triggered it for me was after... Um, I had a tough breakup and was in therapy and my therapist said, you know, I know that you're young and I always get pushed back with my young patients on this, but what my number one thing that I, you can do right now to help your mental health is cut out alcohol. She said, there's a lot of things that she, there's a lot of tools that she could give me to help me boost my happiness, my mental health. But she can give no tools once you have drank and are in a hungover state. You just neurobiologically, you are going to be in a bout of anxiety and depression. That's part of the gig with alcohol, as I'm sure anyone who has drank is aware of. You tend to feel a lot lower the next day than you did that night. And she said there's nothing that she can do to really boost that. You just have to wait with time for those effects to wear off. So... She, I really took that seriously because I needed to not have anything in my life that was bringing any more anxiety or depression. So that's when I, my journey with being more sober curious began. And I did an intentional sober month. I think it was like the most random month of the year. It was like April. I was just like, I'm just going to be sober this entire month. And when I tell you, it gave me such a new perspective on drinking and how... I really can feel my, I feel my best when I haven't been drinking for a long period of time. And I've noticed that that long period of time tends to include like a few weeks, 
but I feel clearer. I feel more in control. I feel it's easier for me to continue on a baseline level of happiness when I haven't been drinking, even if it's just one drink, which I can get into some of the, I've done some research on this, so I can get into some of those facts um, later in the podcast, but I, so every once in a while now I'll do a sober month and I'll remember again why I love being sober so much, but at the same time, I do find myself in social situations where I do want to have a drink. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of really positive arguments for being completely sober. And anyone who's on that path, I commend and respect you. But something that my reflection on my relationship with alcohol has taught me is when I actually want to have a drink. And I think that there's been many times over the course of my life where I'm just drinking because everyone else is drinking. But for me, knowing how much alcohol affects me, I'm only going to drink if that day I'm like, actually, I think I'd really enjoy this. And so I'm going to go for it. So like there's a few drinks that I just really enjoy that I'll just really that I will decide, okay, I think it's worth it to me right now. The trade-off is worth it to have a drink in this moment and can find that balance, which I think is so important. But at the same time, I see myself in future years when I'm not in like a younger season of my life. I definitely see myself being pretty much sober and will definitely be doing sober times and like trying to cut back on alcohol as much as possible and as much as I I would like to because of these. It's insane. Like alcohol is truly poison, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is so ingrained in our culture. So that's really my journey with it. I just... I think it's important to notice your mood, to notice your body, and to notice when it's worth it to you to sacrifice some of those things in the moment versus when it's worth it to be a little bit socially anxious for, which I've found is if I'm being sober in a night where everyone else is drinking, it's awkward for like the first drink when someone is like, oh, what do you want? I'll get you something. And you're like, no, I'm actually not drinking tonight. And then you just pick up a water and give it like five minutes everybody forgets because Mm -hmm. they're just living in their own world so it's also a good thing to build confidence because it is hard to be in situations where everyone is drinking but it does get easier with time so that's my journey so what do you think is a good comeback if someone is out at a bar and someone is like oh why aren't you drinking why are you drinking first of all it's weird that they care like i would i would truly like my response not to answer my own question but my response would be like why do you care yeah (laughs) why do you care what i'm doing and also no one needs to know that you're not drinking if you don't want them to know. Yeah. So you can say, oh, it's fine. I'm going to get myself a drink. And then you just get yourself a club soda with a lemon or a lime. Or even just a water with a lemon or a lime. Like, no one is going to know if there's no tequila or there's no vodka mm-hmm. in there. So I think that a lot of questions we got are about being comfortable in that situation and if you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to judge you for not drinking I think you should really take a hard look at those people that you're surrounding yourself with because why would they care I would never care if one of my friends didn't want to drink I'd be like oh my gosh that's great you're gonna feel great tomorrow like more power to you like they're they're just as fun I'm probably more fun when I'm sober than after (laughs) drinking because I'm not one of those people that alcohol makes me feel good it makes me feel bad it makes me feel worse like mm-hmm. it makes me feel gross so i'm always having a better time when i'm just drinking water yeah or if i'm just drinking beer and not drinking hard liquor right or yeah. like my go-to once i i'll talk about my journey with drinking in a second but 
my go-to when I was like in my like early 20s but I do I do a shot in a beer so I'd have a shot of tequila and then I'd be good with my hard liquor and then I'd be like we're drinking beer the rest of the night because I'd find myself drinking too much tequila getting out of control waking up with anxiety regretting my decisions feeling like an idiot and that I was like why am I living this way I'm completely in control of my decisions like why am I doing this to myself why am I getting into the situation or I'm texting people I don't want to text, calling people I don't want to call, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I feel like you come to an inflection point in recognizing that it's really no longer serving you. I think that can be part of life. And I have a fr- friends too who will say, I've actually just had a really like down day. I know if I drink, I will just get sadder. So mm-hmm. just knowing sometimes and knowing that you never have to drink. And I, I think that sometimes people don't, and I cannot say that I'm not guilty of this. It's been like, oh, you're not drinking tonight. Like, shoot. Like, I don't do that anymore because I have now been in that position of being like, I'm I'm going to be sober tonight and making a conscious choice. But when people say that, I rarely think it comes from a negative place. I think there's just a culture of drinking equals fun. Mm-hmm. And drinking equals you're relaxing. Drinking equals we're going to have a crazy night. But there's no world in which actually you need to be drinking to have fun. You don't need to be drinking to have a crazy night. You can just have all of those things and be completely sober. And I just, I think, so I think that that's where people come from. But I hope that as time goes on, there's less of that pressure. Yeah, we are changing the culture with this podcast. Yeah, we're listening. If you're listening, if someone's not drinking that night, they will, they can have just as much fun and there's no need to pressure them they're making that decision for their own you know their own health and wellness so anyway i want to say like i understand where that those people come from but i think that we got to change the narrative totally i'll speak on my you know journey because it's been a long one since i've been alive longer Mm -hmm. and so strap in because this is a long journey okay (laughs) so i'd say i probably started drinking like when i got to college and tried to be pretty good about my drinking not getting out of control. I didn't want to get in trouble because our school was really strict on drinking and I didn't want to embarrass myself, anything like that. And I remember having like one really bad night where I blacked out. Blacked out, my friends had to like carry me home. And I remember waking up like, oh my gosh, my friends are not gonna be friends with me anymore. Mm. They hate me. You know, that feeling that we've all experienced. And I remember my friend like chatting me on Facebook Messenger, I'm really aging myself. <laughs> you are aging yourself. <laughs> and being like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, let's go get grilled cheese. And I was like, oh my gosh, you don't hate me. And I think that just really speaks to like the quality of people I was surrounding myself with. And I got very lucky because I think that who you party with is so important and like who you surround yourself with and making sure like no one's just gonna like abandon you especially being a female you have to be really careful with that so karen if you're listening thanks for not abandoning me freshman year yeah and now we're still friends to this day jess and rebs if you're listening (laughs) so that then i was like wow i'm not gonna be like that anymore i'm really gonna chill and then graduated college and was in chicago Similar to what Mary B said, the whole culture revolves around drinking. It's hard to do much else there. And so we would be going to the club a lot and stuff like that. And I was usually pretty good about keeping myself in check and not drinking too much. But also working as a nurse, there is a big culture of drinking after your shift, especially if you work night shift. 
it's oh in the morning we'll go out we'll get mimosas stuff like that okay that's fun but also <laughs> but also like when you've been awake for the last yeah. you know 16 hours it's it's not very good and there is a big culture of oh, you had a rough shift let's go drink some wine and that's yeah it can also be very dangerous and I remember, I don't know if it was in high school or what, our cousin Tom, he said to me, he's like, one thing about me is I never drink when I'm sad. And I was like, oh, that's such good advice because you never want to use it as your crutch when you're feeling sad because it's also a depressant. Alcohol is a depressant. So it's only just going to make you feel worse and like covering up a band-aid. So like try to deal with the emotions you're feeling about like that sad day or that sad shift with that sad patient instead of just trying to drink to cover it up because that can be very toxic, especially working in the medical profession where it's sad a lot. A lot of the time it's sad. So, and also speaking from the medical side as well, alcohol is one of the most dangerous drugs to withdraw from. If you come in and it's called CWA protocol, when you come in as an alcoholic who's detoxing, a lot of the time you're going straight to the ICU. Sometimes they're intubating you right away just because the risk of seizures. And I remember having a patient in Chicago who they, he was coming in for some sort of surgery and he was an alcoholic and they let him have one beer every eight hours because it was, it was more expensive and more dangerous to try to go through the whole CWA protocol and help him withdraw. Just going to go home and start drinking again. Mm. So it was like a very old school doctor and he let him do that because the risk of seizures and having to go to the ICU and all that when he's coming in for this simple procedure, it was not worth it to this doctor. So that was kind of a crazy thing to experience that this drug is is very real and you have to be very careful. Yeah, and it can be very dangerous, especially if if you're drinking to the point of blacking out as a female, you have to be like, this is your older sister speaking, that is irresponsible and we're not doing that anymore. You have to have, you can't control what happens to you when that happens. Do not put yourself in that vulnerable situation. Just like you're not going to go for a run alone at night. Don't be drinking until you black out because you never know who you're going to encounter and who's going to take advantage of you. So I'd really encourage anyone who does that to try to not do that anymore because that's very scary. The things that could happen to you that you just don't, you just don't know what you're what you're doing when you're in that state. Yeah, it's always it's always best practice to keep your wits about you. And that's not to say, though, that Kate and I can sit here and say that we've never been in that. I'm truly Kate literally from just experience. It is really, it's, it's unfortunate that we live in a world where we have to say this, but it's never wise. It's never wise to lose control of your faculties. And that's reality. And not, that's not to say that we both haven't done it. Totally. And so then obviously when I started getting older, I definitely settled down. I was only drinking few and far between. I definitely would have a margarita at dinner with friends or a glass of rosé. And I really found a good balance of what worked for me. And then when I became pregnant, I think that's when I had my biggest shift with my relationship with alcohol in the best way. I did not miss drinking at all. I loved not drinking. I loved nobody questioning me as to why I wasn't drinking. And 
now that I'm a mom, I rarely drink. I don't understand wine mom culture at all. I think it goes back to you should not be drinking when you're sad or when you have a hard day. And I love not like I love being sober and I love not waking up hungover. I love just having a glass of champagne or a glass of rosé or a, a spicy marg and being like, oh, I got to take care of my kid in the morning. So I'm good. And I think as you get older, everyone around you understands that so much more and no one is questioning you anymore. So I've really enjoyed this season of life where I'm rarely drinking and I don't feel hungover. I don't have any anxiety because as you get older, your hangovers just get worse. Like something happens to your body when you turn 25 where it's just like... I think it's 23. 23. It's just not good. Not good. No good things happening. And I don't think I would be able to take care of my child if I had been drinking all night. Like that's just not safe. So... I really enjoyed where I'm at right now and the whole not drinking thing. It's been really great. And I have a lot of mom friends and they're on the same page. So overall, 10 out of 10 recommend. But yeah, yeah, that's my journey. That's all I have to say about that. Thanks for listening. All right, Mary B's now going to come in with some facts for us. Yes, I have a few facts I wanted to share that I think are really relevant to what we are talking about. And when I heard these, it really affected the way that I see alcohol. Obviously, I do still drink from time to time, but it helps me be more aware of how alcohol is affecting my body. And whenever I find myself experiencing impulsivity or experiencing more depressive moods or anxiety, the first thing to go is I will stop drinking for a long period of time until I get to a point where I am out with friends or celebrating something and just want to have a drink, a good cocktail. I do enjoy. So first thing, and I want to disclaim that where I got this information is from this podcast called The Huberman Lab, which is a neurobiologist out of Stanford. And he, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, he, I, you know, you may have heard of him, but he has this great podcast and all of the episodes are very long. So I've synthesized some of my favorite points from this one on alcoholism. He has like pulls in multiple studies to give a lot of information and make it really digestible for Uh, those listening. So I do recommend that if you are really interested in the human body and brain. But number one that I did not know before listening to his podcast on how alcohol affects the brain and body is that it increases your impulsivity, not just when you're drinking, but outside of those times. So even when you're not drinking, it has a reduction, it causes a reduction of the neurosynapses in the brain that controls behavior. Basically, it makes it so if you have any habits, so like for instance, a habit could even be I need to scroll on like TikTok before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. If you are thinking to yourself, maybe I actually don't think that that's the best thing for me and so I'm going to try to get out of that habit, drinking, even if it's a one drink during the week, will make it harder for you to break those habits and harder for you to be less impulsive. I myself am already can be a little bit of an impulsive person, so, and I'm working on that personally, but 
it has really, really opened my eyes to when I go long periods of time without drinking, how I am way better able to, I feel like, just control myself. Totally. I agree. Um, with that. So... However, he does note that it is reversible. So it does cause this reduction of the neurosynapsis um, in the brain that causes behavior. However, it is uh, reversible with sobriety, and that typically takes two to six months to reverse that. So that's good to know. He does caveat that this may not be true for people who have been binge drinkers for a really long period of time. Um, he notes that if you were in college and like drink a lot on like for like years, like that's not necessarily what he's talking about. He's talking about more long-term alcoholics. It may not be reversible in that, in the brain, but know that if you do take a break from alcohol, then that is a way to, to heal that in your brain. Another one I have here is that alcohol, when we ingest it, it acts as a toxin and it disrupts the mood circuitries in the brain. And at first, it makes them very hyperactive. So if you can think about the last time you had a drink, first, at first, at least in my experience, you're talkative, you're more, you know, you're upbeat. And that's, I think, what a lot of people really enjoy about alcohol. However, uh, that as the alcohol begins to wear off or as you begin to have multiple drinks, that's the serotonin levels and the activity of those wear off. So the serotonin that's boosted when you first start drinking begins to wear off. Typically, that's when people then say, oh, I want my energized mood to continue. I want to stay in this buzz and they'll drink, you know, more and more drinks. However, as you drink more and more, the forebrain begins to die down and your motor functions begin to slow down and perhaps even you pass out. So when you see people start to slur their words, they may be like falling a little bit more. This is when your motor functions actually begin to shut down. So you're never able to get back to that original buzz, even if you do continue drinking. So this is a depression of alertness, a depression of arousal, and eventually then people pass out. So however, and this I thought was very, very interesting, to have certain genetics, or people who are chronic drinkers, so they have built up a tolerance that as they drink more and more, they actually do become more alert. So you may notice, and I have certainly noticed this in my life, there are some people that can just drink and drink and drink Mm -hmm. and drink and drink and drink. It's amazing to me, and I've never been able to really understand it because that's just not how my body functions. But he notes that these are the types of people that need to be very even more conscious about their alcohol consumption especially if they are those people who are genetically predisposed because those are the people that tend to head into alcoholism Mm. because they do not experience those effects of slower like depressive motor functions they do not begin to actually slow down when they drink more because they do not experience those symptoms they are they don't feel the same way that we may feel when we drink and drink and drink and are like, oh my gosh, I need to stop or I'm just going to pass out. And so they are very much predisposed to alcoholism. So it's something to be aware of if you are that type of person. Just very much consider your relationship with alcohol. And if that if that is you, be very, very careful, as we all should be with alcohol. Mm-hmm. But another one that I thought was important to call out, I think most people would be aware of this, but Consumption of alcohol does increase cortisol levels. Essentially, cortisol is the hormone in the body that causes stress. So an increase, it, so then 
If you consume alcohol, it causes an increase in stress, even low consumption. So for instance, if you are the type of person, which I have been in my life, that goes home after a long day, kind of like Kate was saying, is like, oh my gosh, I had a stressful day. I need to decompress. I'm having a glass of wine. That is actually going to cause the adverse effect in the long run. It ends up raising your cortisol levels because of that effect of alcohol. And so it's important to consider that even though it may be a temporary relaxation, it actually raises your cortisol levels at the end of the day. So that's been something I've really tried to get away from is coming back from a hard day and having a glass of wine because, again, in the long run, it ends up giving you more anxiety. Something else I wanted to note is that your sleep when you consume alcohol, even if you have just one glass of wine at night, that is enough to throw off your sleep. So oftentimes, so so people I think can say, oh, I'm going to have a glass of red wine and that actually helps me fall asleep. Actually, that is, and what's that word, Kate? I'm actually having trouble um, sedating yourself. That is a form of sedating yourself. It doesn't actually... It helps you to yes fall asleep but then once you are asleep you your sleep normal sleep functions are all thrown off because you have alcohol in your system and unfortunately that is even with one drink so anything in your system will disrupt your sleep not just having you know three or four drinks at night and finally something that i thought was very very interesting because I am a big believer in the gut brain connection which is proven um, but Alcohol also disrupts your gut microbiome. It destroys a lot of good, healthy microbiota. So that is something to keep in mind that it can even cause, you know, depending on how much you drink, it can cause leaky gut. It does affect your stomach. So that is another thing to keep in mind. Alcohol really comes at you from all angles. Um, So... I think knowing all of these facts and also knowing that it isn't necessarily if you're someone who drinks a heavy amount or drinks even a heavy amount once a week, having one glass of wine at night repeatedly does cause these effects. So again, it is everyone's choice. Clearly, I have n- I am not completely sober, neither is Kate. It's everyone's choice how they choose to feed their body. But I think knowing these facts can really help make a more educated decision decision when you are considering, yeah, am so I going to drink? If someone is like, why aren't you drinking? Be like, I'm, I'm trying my, to heal my gut. Okay? I'm trying to have a healthy microbiota. I'm, I'm cycle sinking I'm right now. I'm cycle sinking my alcohol <laughs> usage. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in my luteal phase, so it's not going to serve so me. So it's not going to serve me. So Someone did yeah. write in a really good comeback, and that was alcohol is not serving me right now or drinking is not serving me right now which I thought that was a really good thing to say because how are how are you going to tell me that I should still drink when I'm telling you that it's not serving me right now yeah I think that's a good one so what do you think is a good way to meet friends if you're not wanting to drink what are some activities that you do that don't revolve around drinking I really enjoy playing card games, which you don't necessarily have to. Some people will, like, drink beer or whatever while they do games, but... I mean, like, how do you meet people? Oh, how do we meet people, like, in the city? Yeah, like, how you... You're going to do, like, a run club and... Yes, I actually went to a run club on Thursday. How was it? Did it ruin your spray tan? Um, No, actually, it didn't ruin my spray tan because, and this is probably unhealthy in the long run, I dressed 
really, really lightly, so I sweat not very much, and I was cold, but I, my spray tan was intact. You couldn't, couldn't risk the streaky spray tan. Yeah, I couldn't risk the streaky spray tan. My feet, however, are white, but okay. I couldn't really help that because they were in my shoes. But I think a run club is a really great way to meet people. I also think that just finding, like going to an art museum... I think just even like there are some bars in New York that now do have a lot of non-alcoholic cocktails. I like to say non-alcoholic cocktails are in for 2023. Uh, and I really enjoy a non-alcoholic cocktail. Me too. I like the It's just like the, the, the feel. Yeah. yeah. It's like the taste and the feel and... You get a cute drink. Yeah. And then you can really, especially if you're new at being sober, I think that having something even in your hand can be a really good social social crutch because it is unfortunate that it is such an ingrained part of our society, drinking is. But if you, like, I would drink a lot of non-alcoholic beers. I think those are great. Just something to have in your hand can make you feel much more comfortable if everyone else is drinking around you. Yeah, especially in college when you're all drinking out of red Solo cups. Yeah, just the water Go in grab there. a red Solo cup and put some apple juice in there. Nobody looks like beer. Or Nobody knows. Some Sprite. Yeah, yeah. nobody's... Nobody's going to know. So don't let... How would they know? That nobody's going to know. <laughs> so um, I, I also think I want to plug, if you are able to do any like intramural sports, I think that's yes. a great way to meet people. Clubs. Clubs like are a great way to meet people. Um, and in general, just outdoor activities or physical activities that you can do with friends that don't have to include drinking are always great. But, yeah, I think a run club, that's been my number one. Or, like, a workout class. You can meet a lot of people at workout classes. And it's just interesting. I think we had some people write in about how they feel like they've lost some friends since drinking. Mm -hmm. And I listened to a podcast. So, you know, if you couldn't tell, I went through a really a huge phase when I was, you know, reevaluating my, my relationship with alcohol where I was listening and researching a ton on alcohol, hearing what other people had to say who had gone sober, had experiences dating sober and that one of the things i think one of the podcasts that i listened to said you you will lose friends yeah you will lose friends if you decide to do this but you might actually discover that they were just drinking friends totally they're going out friends and that doesn't make them bad it doesn't make anything about those relationships bad it just may be that you no longer have that in common and so you can find like friends who are more aligned with how you want to spend your time. And I remember uh, listening to someone on TikTok, Brianna Chicken Fry, if any of you guys follow her, she was saying, I'm scared to not go out because I don't want my friends to forget about me. And those are the perfect example of just going out friends. Because if that's the only way that you're going to see your friends is if you go out to the club at 2 a.m., those aren't your real close friends. Like, my friends, if I want to see them, I'll go to their apartment and we'll watch Bravo. It doesn't (laughs) have to be just after hours involving drinking. So, like, for example, on Tuesday, I'm going to go over to one of my friends' houses with Dictator and we're going to make tacos and things like that. So, yeah, come. Yeah. Julia. So, things like that where if you feel like you're only going to be included in things... If you are, if you go out, like there's nothing else you guys are doing. You're not going to a movie, or you're not going on walks, or other things like that that normal friendships involve. 
you should really kind of take a take a look at that and I think it's totally okay to have going out friends. Oh my gosh, 100%. your close friends Love that you do other things with. Like, yeah. that's totally normal. Yes. So, just to know, but I think it becomes an issue is if you only have going out friends. And you yeah. don't have, you feel like, close friends that you can do other things with. Yeah, so, 100%. And I think a big thing that if I were to just give any, anything that I would love to spread is... If you, like, just give it a try, especially if you are going through a breakup, just give not drinking for a few weeks a try and see how it makes you feel. I think that people, like, despite all of the facts that I just spewed, I think that, like, yes, that's obviously all scientifically backed, but at the same time, some people are just more prone to anxiety some people are not. And so I think that m- myself being more prone to anxiety, it serves me a lot more to be really careful about when and how much I'm drinking. But if you're, which, I mean, give me your brain. I'm so jealous. If you're someone who is, cannot even imagine, but if you are someone who is not prone to depression or anxiety, you might find it much easier to drink fairly regularly and have no problem with that. And that's, I mean, that's your own decision to make. But I think what's important is to know yourself, know your body, and understand what's going to bring you the most happiness in the long run. And I think that taking a little bit of sober, a few sober weeks, a sober month, is a great way to reevaluate that relationship with alcohol. And having a lot of control over your relationship with it, because that's what it's all about. I think that as long as you feel in control and you feel intentional about your alcohol use that I think is really, very positive. I think most people would say you should probably just be sober, but I don't know. I mean, I think you just have to go in and be like strong in your convictions when you decide what you're going to do. Try to follow through yeah, and only surround yourself with people that are going to be supportive of that fact. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean don't go out. Like still go out if you want to go out. Just don't yeah. drink alcohol. Like yeah. and so it's, it's possible to go out and not drink alcohol. Yeah. Trust me, I did it for... I've done it for a very long time. So... Yeah, and I I feel like sometimes I would... I like going out and not drinking. Yeah, and, you'll feel great the next time. And even though everyone else around you tends to, you know, start to... You can start to see them exhibiting, like, more of those drunken behaviors. I think it just really underscores for me, like how I would, like, think about myself and be like, oh, yeah, like, this is what happens to me when I drink, too. Right, right. So it just, it, it really shifts your perspective, I think. And, I'm, I mean, I just, like, love, I think, like, I've never, and I say this knowing that, like, I have not had, like, a sober month in a while, but I have never felt better than when I stay away from alcohol. But if, and then it's a, it's a similar situation if you feel like you're having to do work dinners a lot and you don't want to drink, you just have to be strong in your conviction and say, oh, I'm not drinking tonight, or I don't feel very good, I don't want to drink wine tonight, and you have your little Pellegrino or something like that, or you just, you know, sip on a glass if you feel pressured, which is so sad that that's the world that we live in, but I know that's just reality, that sometimes when you're with your boss or something and they're like, oh, we bought this really expensive bottle of wine, drink, you need to drink. So you just have like slow sips and focus on drinking more water, things like that. You can do it. 
You can do it. Oh my gosh, you absolutely can do it. And I think it's also can be really powerful to have that confidence and know that you can go against the social wave, which is really hard to do. But it's another confidence builder is when you can go against that what's expected of you um and you're the one who you're the one who's going to be feeling poorly having more anxiety not sleeping well your gut's going to be all messed up if you drink so don't let anyone else pressure you because you're the one who has to live with the consequences of these actions Mm -hmm. so something to think about yeah i i think that a big thing too like we can say all day long like what we think people should do but at the end of the day I I think it's important to be intentional and reflective about your relationship with alcohol. I think because it is so ingrained in our culture, it tends to be expected. Like, oh, we're going to go out. We're going to go get a drink this weekend. The way we have fun is surrounded by drinking. It's part of, at least in my world, it's very much part of the culture. But you can go out and do all of those things. First of all, you can go out and do all those things and not have a sip of alcohol and still have a great time. Second yes. of all... I think to have even, like, if, if this catches one person that is like, oh, man, I haven't really reflected on my relationship with alcohol in a while and catches you and says, okay, how do I actually want to be drinking? How much do I actually want to consume and when? Yeah. That, I think, just to encourage, I would just encourage, if anyone's listening to this, to just reflect on what you really want in I think the worst thing you can do, which I have done myself, is just get caught in the wave of like, we're just going to keep drinking. We're going to drink here. My friends are drinking. I'm going to drink. Just know yourself. Do what's best for you and take the time. I swear it's worth it to reflect on and and step away so that you can really know and be educated in what is best for you. I think that that's the best approach. Yes. Completely agree. Okay, anything else you want to chat about? Shall we do? Well, the last thing I wanted to say is about drinking while dating. Oh, yeah. And everything we say when it comes to your friends can apply to dating. Mm -hmm. I think that if you are sober, 100% sober, I think it's really important to just be upfront and honest about that. Because someone might not want to date someone that is sober. And that is their business. So I think it's always good if you're like, I don't know when to tell someone, like just be honest about it because you want someone who wants to be with you no matter what. So it's better to just find that out right away. And if you're on a date and you're like, Oh no, I don't want to drink. Like again, just be strong in your conviction. And if that person that you're on a date with is going to judge you for that, then they're not the one. Then they're just not compatible with you. That's another thing that again, my my lovely, lovely therapist from back in Chicago had said once I had had that sober month and like really like, severely cut back my drinking even after that, she said, okay, so how has, have you thought about then how this has affected who you want in a partner? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really until she thought about that. But now that I had this newfound reflection point of my relationship with alcohol, I, that's now part of my decision-making process and who I want to be with is what does their relationship with alcohol look like? Does that match up with mine? Does that match up with who I want in a partner? Because at the end of the day, alcohol, it can really, I've seen, I've heard of it being really disruptive in relationships 
And I think it's important to reflect on what you're comfortable with if your partner has a certain level of however their relationship with alcohol is that I think should be on the list of boxes to check personally. And it couldn't, it doesn't even have to be alcohol. It could just be like drugs in general. What's their relationship with drugs? Totally. Totally. That's important Things to keep in to mind. Think about. And it's also important to remember that your relationship might with alcohol might change, especially as you have a baby. If you're a woman listening or someone who wants to have kids and the man, their relationship might not change. So that's yeah. something you should definitely always have open communication with them about expectations and how you're going to handle that going forward. So for sure, I think it's always important just blanket to go be in a relationship knowing that with the person as they are, because they may never change. And that includes alcohol consumption. I think sometimes it does happen where guys who drank a lot in college really like severely cut back post-grad and starting a family that does absolutely happen yeah. but i think it's important to not have that you shouldn't have that you shouldn't have the expectation that something's going to drastically yeah, change because sure. it probably won't unless you communicate about it yeah so anyway i think that's a good disclaimer otherwise i have gone on a few sober dates i can talk about that from a younger perspective and i will say i think if you're with the right person it really doesn't matter. Truly, yeah. It really doesn't matter. I've also, like, been that that person that's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going on a date tonight. Like, I need to drink a glass of wine before I go out because I'm so nervous. That was definitely me in my younger years. But in the past now, like, drinking, I actually prefer when a guy, like, I had a guy recently ask me out and was like, do you want to just go get dessert? I was like, oh, my gosh, like, speaking my language. I just appreciate it when it's not always, again, revolving around alcohol. And so I think that if that is your preference, I, like Kate said, would not be ashamed to be really upfront and honest about it. And if it's the right match, then you won't need alcohol. Truly. Like, I mean, first dates are always a little awkward, so I sympathize with wanting to have a drink, but if Yeah, and you, again, like, if your relationship with alcohol is like that, where you want to have a it's like, that's fine. If that, if you're, if you don't feel out of control... Yeah, like, 100%. When you're doing that, and, you know, all yeah. that stuff, so... Yeah, but I just mean to come at it from a place of someone being like, oh my gosh, I want to go on sober dates. How do I do that? Just do it. Like, and yeah. if it's, if the relationship is right, then you'll want to go on a second date yes exactly and if anyone if any man judges you for not wanting to drink on a date then he's just not the right one straight for you. to the trash take him out <laughs> Alrighty, should we do baboos yes I, i'm all ready with my baboo all right what first. was your baboo last week my baboo last week was oh my gosh oh yes less tv time and guys, it's really changed my life. I think Ooh. this has been a really good baboo for me. I think I set a goal of like one to two hours of TV for the week. The I, week? I know. I did not meet that goal. I I watched more than that. Um, that was a little ridiculous. It was a goal. big. It was a big one. But <laughs> I think what I really should have said is no TV before bed or mm. like at random times during the day, which is what I actually ended up doing. And I've been reading a lot more. I think I have less anxiety going to bed. I think I've been sleeping better, and all in all, this is something I've been really trying to get into the habit of, is reading and not watching TV before bed, and now I think I just use TV more as, like, I love, like, just certain shows, like Succession, Jury Duty, Ted Lasso, Vanderpump Rules, but, like, the current one, 
I've been watching those more for entertainment rather than just filler time or to reduce my anxiety or to like kind of um, disassociate a little bit. And I think it's been really healthy for me. So thank you again to the pod for keeping me accountable. Love it. And my babu for this week, I'm going to say sober week. Whoa. Okay. That's it's a good one. sober week. What about you, Kate? That's a good one. My babu last week, even though I wasn't on the pod, was to read more. And I've actually already read one whole book. And I'm starting on a... I've already started a second. I think I'm actually 65% Wait, of the way. I read the last thing he wrote, which oh, is now a show on Apple TV, if you guys want to watch. Oh. It was good. I mean, it's, it was just kind of like a like a beach read, but like I enjoyed it. And the show is good on Apple TV. It's like very similar to the book, which I always appreciate. Nice. But not like perfectly similar, so you know exactly everything that's going to happen. And now I'm reading The Perfect Marriage, which is like much more like thriller vibes I guess but not really like there's like it's a little bit darker hmm. which I'm liking as well it was for free on my Kindle Unlimited so love that I didn't know you were a Kindle girly I just I just bought a Kindle and I got a wow. pop socket for it so oh my gosh love that for you she's on a yeah. reading journey yeah and my babu for this upcoming week I think I'm gonna do seven days of working out again mm. now that I'm not traveling because I really enjoy doing that it really held me accountable so follow me on Instagram so you can see if I actually do my workouts. I'll post my daily. Kloshar. I'll post my daily workout on there. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, I th- I feel good about this pod. I hope that this has helped everyone feel empowered in wh- however they want to move forward with their relationship with alcohol. And follow at Kloshar on Instagram. Follow at the Happiest Girls Podcast. And oh my gosh, Kate, we didn't oh, do big wins. No, okay, we'll do I'm it next gonna, week. Yeah, next week I'll post on the Happiest Girls Instagram to write in your big wins. So follow us that. there, and I'll write in there. I want to try to shift things over to that Instagram. Yeah, for sure. So um, follow us there, and we'll talk about them next week. All right, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and Monday reset. Let's Let's go. go. It's gonna be May. Get it? Because it's May tomorrow. Which when we're posting. It's gonna be May. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. Thank you.